welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I'm your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt. Today, we are giving a topic. We're talking about an episode. We're doing a rewrite, and this was a fan suggestion. I actually made the call out on Twitter a couple of days ago, and uh, we got a lot of great suggestions. We got more than I thought we would. We did, yeah. Honestly, we could do any of them. I think we should, in time. I think, yeah, I think we should log it away. Uh, all, all the other ones we should log it away. So if you're if you guys are listening, thank you so much for submitting these topics. But the one that we're going with is actually from Chris at at Shelf Nerds on Twitter, and he just had a simple one. He just said, "Hey, rewrite attached," and both of us were just like, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> it's just... it seemed like a really good idea at the time, and then. Uh, you mentioned when we talked about setting this up that you had recently watched this episode. I watched the episode in preparation for this podcast, and now I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be a lot harder than it looked. It is going to be hard, and actually, I have n- I have no thoughts going into it. Like I'm I'm starting fresh. <laughs> I'm doing this practically on the fly because this was the last Star Trek episode that I watched. I do not get to watch Star Trek that much because I'm married to a non-Trekkie. And isn't that rough? Me too. It, it can be rough. It really can. <laughs> but I just uh, I, I can continually tell her that nothing in this world has an, has any business being perfect. And uh, <laughs> that's um, true. But with this, and we kind of got into a kick where she's just like, okay, well, let's watch the next generation. And I jump on that whenever I hear that. Oh heck and yeah! And I was kind of scrolling through, and I kept trying to find her something that she hasn't seen before because over the years I have exposed her to some, and attached was one that she uh, never seen or heard of or, or or anything like that. And she really enjoyed it. And that's the thing. This is a good episode. So I'm not quite sure why Chris suggested us to rewrite it. Right. We don't know if Chris doesn't like this episode or if he just wants us to give it minor tweaks and punch it up just a little or what. So I've been struggling in the, what is it, the last day since I watched the episode and thought, what do I want to do here? And you mentioned you're coming out of this really fresh. I honestly, I don't have any problems with this episode. I quite like it. I think there's very little we could do to actually improve it. I do have one nitpick, though, and it's just because I'm a Voyager fan. Before you get into the nitpick, because I am itching to find out what that nitpick is, because I love it when you say, as a Voyager fan, but we <laughs> should probably remind some people what this episode is before we get into the oh. nitty gritty. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do you have a synopsis handy? It's a really brief... It's only like one sentence, but it's after escaping imprisonment on an alien world, Picard and Beverly find that their thoughts are connected by brain implants. That's the quick and dirty one. So this was episode eight of season seven. So this was was late in the TNG run. It aired on November 8th, 1993. It was directed by Jonathan Frakes himself. And there's two storylines. There's an A storyline and a B storyline. So the Enterprise goes to a world called Kesprit 3, and <laughs> it is tr- is trying to get into the Federation. They, they're applying for membership in the Federation. But the problem is, is that they do not come from a unified world. And that's the issue. That's the problem is because every single member of the Federation 
is unified. Every country, every continent has come together and uh, they, they hold hands and sing Kumbaya and this planet isn't doing that. Now, granted, it's a <laughs> small section of the population, but still it's a section nevertheless. And so as Picard and Beverly beam down to talk with the main organization who kind of runs the planet, they get snapped up by the opposing force and then they get imprisoned and then there's and so that's their storyline they get imprisoned by the opposing force they're called the prit so that like the quote-unquote good guys are the kess the quote-unquote bad guys are the prit and they get captured by the prit and so Riker and Worf has to work with the kess in order to find them and as Riker works more with the kess he realizes that these people are filled with conspiracy theorists they're xenophobic paranoid they're paranoid thank you and so Riker's just like you know what screw you guys we're gonna find these people all on our, we're gonna find our people on our own and you're not gonna come into the federation and <laughs> by the way can I cut you off and just mention just please. how much I love Riker's growing impatience with these people <laughs> that are the leader at the very least that's one of my favorite things you can just see it and feel it and hear it and he like slams on the table stop that's enough it's so palpable. It's so great. It's so great. And so that storyline's going on. But the much more interesting storyline is the one where Picard and Beverly are get out of the prison and they're running through the, the mountains and the, and the valleys and everything like that. And they got like two little brain implants in their head. And, and like in their brainstem, and then they figure out that they can't leave each other's side without getting nauseous and that they can read each other's thoughts. Now, it takes some time to figure this out, but they start to explore their relationship even more. I think that's the best thing about the episode is that they're exploring oh, yeah. their relationship and their friendship or their lack of romance. And <laughs> and then this goes on and we'll get more into it, but this goes on, this goes on. And then they basically get rescued by Riker and company. And then that's the end of the episode. And so that's the quick overview that's more than just a sentence. So let's go back to it. So now that everyone completely <laughs> remembers what this episode is about, Shar, what is your Voyager nitpick? I think I have a guess of what it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. I think if you, I don't know, have watched Voyager at all, these people are called the Kess. And anytime you said that in this recap, I'm just thinking, oh, guys. Okay, 1993, 1994, they probably... At this point of the production where this episode came out had not been developing Voyager yet, but it's pretty obvious where they got the name of the character Kess from. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I and mean, it kind of bothers me, man. I just, the Kess, really? And I don't know, not a whole lot of thought went into naming these people because the planet's name is Kesprit and, you know, it's just the two names of the people smashed together wow the thanks and the prit yeah, yeah it is very good. star trek it's very sci-fi yeah it's very monoculture because all the you know the prit wear their uniforms the kess have their weird stupid garments I, I don't know if you can really say like oh we got kess's name from this I, because there's really? only there's only so many uh sounds you have in the human tongue and really? there's only so many made-up names that you can come up with. I, I oh, feel like... Oh, come on. No, they said, ooh, I like the way that sounds. Well, they just uh... like... I, 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 no, in my brain... <laughs> <laughs> Let me know who's right, listeners. Am I right or is Tristan right? There is no confirmation. Maybe, okay, like I am on memory alpha right now. I'm scrolling through and I'm yeah, trying yeah, to see yeah. if there's any kind of background information uh, okay, so it says right here, an early production name for Kess was Da, 
D-A-H, which is a horrible uh, wh- freaking name. Duh. Duh. Okay, that just makes them sound really stupid. The duh. The duh. And yeah, and <laughs> that's the, the, there is no mention. So this is an improvement. Yeah. Wow. All right, let's, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Okay. All right, so that's your, that's your nitpick as a Voyager fan, your petty nitpick. Yeah, but I had to get that out there because it was a little jarring to my ears. So I'm done. I'm done. That thing aside, uh, aside from the fact that these people are a little unbearable and no, they should not join the Federation. They serve their purpose. They are what they are. The rest of this story is pretty awesome. Actually, I don't know if I want to move on from that just yet. Oh, really? I, I, there, there's one sec. Okay, so you said right here, you know, like clearly these people shouldn't join the Federation. And while I agree with that, I also, while I was watching this episode just a couple days ago, I was, okay, so this guy is like a... um. Oh, what's his name? Like he's he's an ambassador. He's an ambassador for the planet, or or whatever. And he's the one who's going into applying for for membership, or at least the guy who is the the mouthpiece. I would hate it if my entire planet and my entire people were judged by this one crazy person in government. Can you imagine yeah. if that was the case today? Yes, but. That is the way the 24th century works in the Federation. It's all one unified government. And Picard even says in the very beginning of the episode, we expect Federation worlds to have overcome certain social and political differences to come together before joining up with other worlds. It's sort of like that unsaid requirement. I get what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. I just would hate if we were denied membership because of one jackass. (laughs) I see your point, too. I do. And especially this guy. Especially this guy, yeah. Okay, Ew. so now we can move on from it. But yeah, so let's talk about what worked. What worked for you? Uh, I think what worked was the pacing, especially with the Picard and Crusher storyline where, okay, they're in the prison. Somebody helps them out. They start escaping. And one thing, side note, I love is that Beverly is in charge of the escape. She's using her tricorder. Picard is following her. Yeah, But then they find out, as time goes on, just how strong this connection is with the brainstem implant things, and things start getting pretty deep. It gets a little engrossing. I get into it. And yes, I am a Picard and Crusher shipper, so of course I'm loving every moment of this. As Mm -hmm. far as that whole thing, the way they advanced that part of the story, I felt was really good, and it concludes on a really uncertain note, a very, like standing on the edge of the cliff kind of a note you really don't know for sure if they're actually going to pull the trigger on their feelings or not they leave it up in the air picard blows out the candles and then it's fade to black it was interesting because when i was watching it i was thinking to my to myself i was like oh this is the episode with jean-luc and beverly's first kiss first on-screen kiss and then it ends with a forehead kiss or a cheek kiss or something like that and i was just like oh man For years, I was thinking that this is the one, but it doesn't actually happen until the last episode. It doesn't happen until all good things. So I feel like this was a setup episode with all good things being a payoff. Maybe so. And here's where I have a problem with the whole Picard and Crusher dynamic is they set this up and they do a beautiful job of finally bringing all of these feelings to light. And then I feel like they really don't follow through with it that much until all good things. And in the Mm -hmm. meantime, 
Beverly has sex with her grandma's candle lover. and Like you do. Yeah. Just like you do in Star Trek. No big deal. As when Brandon Braga is writing scripts, you just have to go with it. <laughs> and, and things of that nature where they're not continuing. And so my problem is not with attached. It's with the lack of follow through. I get that. I get that. So in terms of a rewrite, you know what I want is I want the epilogue. I want a little bit more of the aftermath, maybe in the days following where... Maybe they have to define their relationship just a little bit. Or are they inching closer and closer together? Are they testing the waters? You know, two steps forward, one step back. What's going on between these two? We never really see it. We don't. There's nothing really definitive at all, ever. And then there's insurrection later on where Picard is uh, going after Anij. So are they or aren't they? No, they're probably not. But we get nothing. Nothing! That is frustrating. But I do like that we got this episode in that fashion. I, d- I do think that this was a great exploration. It was something that needed to happen for the fans. I would have liked if this happened a couple seasons ago. Yes, that might have been nice. I'm sad that this happened in season seven and then we didn't get any follow-up until All Good Things. So it would have been nice if we had something beforehand. Even if they tried it and it didn't work, I would have accepted that. Right? Just give it some sort of sense of completion. Make it run some sort of course. Yeah, it's just like season five is the one where Beverly and Picard finally get together. And then by the middle of season six, they end things for whatever reason. But then they rekindle it within season seven or just like they say, like, hey, maybe it could happen someday. I don't know. I don't know. Or at the very least, we find out that they still do love each other. gives us hope, however false it might be. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, with Beverly being so integral to Picard's history in Uh TNG, as well as integral to his present in TNG makes you wonder what's going to happen with this new TV show that's coming out. We don't know, but I'm excited. All right. So let's talk about what didn't work. And so this could be the basis for our rewrite. So you said that the pacing was good. I actually think that the pacing could have been better. Ooh, do tell. I feel like we could have gotten way less scenes with Riker and the Kess on, on the Enterprise. They are kind of a downer. I mean, those are the people. I love Riker, but these guys, they're unbearably horrible to watch and deal with. I think because Picard and Beverly were so fascinating and so so interesting, like these scenes were so well played. They have such great chemistry. They were well written that every single time we went to that, I was just like, every time we were there and then we went back to the Enterprise, I was like, no, 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 stay on the planet, stay on the planet. <laughs> Sure, yeah, of, co- of course, we all were, because we were rooting for Beverly and John Luke. So I think if, in my version of Attached, if I were to rewrite it, I would definitely do that. I would try to, I would cut down on the Enterprise scenes to the bare minimum, absolute bare minimum, mm-hmm. and then possibly leave that, leave the, the coat, like, even though the coda was great between Picard and Beverly with that intimate dinner and everything like that. I would love to have a scene before that, like after they get back, but before that, where Picard and Riker are talking and they kind of say like, it has become clear to us that they cannot go into the Federation. And so that way you can cut down on the scenes before, like interspersed. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you're right. I think we could escalate that B plot a little faster. We don't need to see, I don't know how many times that, yes, these people are paranoid. They have to secure the room, what right. have you. It would be funner just to see Riker, like just see the good stuff. See Riker get fed up. They're not fit to join the Federation yet. And then, like you said, have a little piece where, you know what? That's that's it. That's the concluding thought. That's all we need. 
I think also, like, if we were going to spend more time with him, we would have to make the Kesprit more interesting. And <laughs> I think one way, one thing that kind of popped in my head is, you remember in Insurrection, where we had two races working together, and uh-huh. we find out from Riker and Troy that the reason why that is is because they were slaves at one time. Like, that one race was slaves at one time, and they were it was a, a labor force. And then after they were were released they integrated them into their culture sound familiar yeah i would have loved to have seen something like that in this episode where instead of like um this would actually take up a big chunk of the episode because you'd have to explain it and and like figure it out and everything like that but where what if that was the same kind of story where the kess enslaved the prit at one time and then they used them as a labor force and when they were done with them they banished them back to an isolated area but the Prit were able to uh, kind of build up their own force and become an opposing force, and they just were not well treated. So it wasn't so much that they wanted to be isolated. It was the Kess trying to forget their misgivings and their misdeeds from the past by Hmm. banishing them to their own corner of the planet. And that would be the even bigger, like, holy crap, no, of course you're not going to be into the Federation if this is how it's going down. (laughs) I was going to say they are definitely not ready for Federation membership yet. And so I think, like, make it a little bit more blatant, a little bit more obvious later on. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, maybe this is what they discover. Like, maybe Riker figures yeah. this out. And and maybe Picard figures this out on the way, something like that. Yeah, maybe just through interacting with both sides, he puts the pieces together. Because, of course, the Kess don't want Riker and the Federation to know their deep, dark, horrible past. Or maybe to cut down on those Enterprise scenes... It's Picard and Beverly who find that out because their original Ooh. plan was to go through a village and meet certain people. And uh-huh. because the, the Kess said, well, we pretty much own the village It's with our spies. What if they didn't? And they just kind of disguise their heads in super Star Trek fashion where they're wearing hoods. And they go to a village and it's pretty desperate and desolate. And that's when they find out the true history of everything firsthand. And they're just like, and both Beverly and, and Picard are like, holy crap, we got to let the Enterprise know. Yeah, that's a great idea. That way you can't have just one side saying, oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me convince you out of this. I can talk you or I can talk my way out of this. No, they're seeing it with their own eyes. This is the reality of the situation. Federation has probably been duped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So that way that would give us a reason to have less Enterprise scenes, more planet scenes, and yeah. it would add more weight to the storyline and the decision. Now, would you add anything more between Beverly and Jean-Luc? Because I feel like their their interaction is good. I don't know if I would add any more detail to it. I mean, you could, but would it really add more to the story? This, okay, I, what I'm about to say, <laughs> what I'm about to say is not me necessarily saying we should absolutely do this. It's just an idea. Okay. And, I'm going to hate it, huh? Well, no, okay, here's the thing. I'm not trying to be rude i'm not trying to be graphic i'm not trying to be vulgar but from a science fiction standpoint even though it's much better the way it is again i know i keep qualifying myself can you imagine (laughs) what a scene would be like for people who who are very much interested in each other very much want to start a romance then all of a sudden they can read each other's thoughts feel each other's feelings and what if they made love then 
I knew you were gonna go here. You, I I knew I know because yeah. you know me, and it's, I've said that kind of thing all the time I mean, whenever I revamp episodes. But that's yeah. a, that's what I'm talking about. It's just like I'm throwing out the idea. I'm not saying it should happen. But ha- what would be the pros and cons of that? I don't know if it's a pro or a con, but once you sleep with somebody, that alters your relationship with that person forever. Absolutely. So something's got to change after that, whatever it is and however they want to deal with it. But you kind of have to talk about that. (laughs) And that might not be a bad thing. However, I'm actually glad that there wasn't any sex between Picard and Crusher in this episode. I feel like, no, save it for later. Save it for a few intimate dates after a couple of glasses of wine. And then then anything goes. I completely agree. I just wanted to explore that because from a science fiction perspective, I wanted to explore that. I got you. Also, the fanfic writer in me says that's what you have to do because yeah. then then you as the fanfic writer, you write the smut. Now, ooh, oh, okay. So here is an alternate spin. Mm-hmm. Here is, okay. <laughs> what so, you got? So because we find out that Beverly knows what he's dreaming. Yeah. And they figure it out. And he's just like, a man cannot be held accountable for what his subconscious does while he's asleep. I love that line. (laughs) What if in this scenario, they're linked not only consciously, but unconsciously, and they they both have a sex dream about each other, but they find out later on that it was the same dream? Yes, yes. But we as the audience don't see it happening like, you know, quote, in real time while they're sleeping. We find out about it after the fact. Yes. Yes. That way we keep it PG. We keep it TV 14. Uh It's still uh that it's still that respectable TNG feel. And somehow it finds out like, I don't know, she says something where like he's she said she's like i'll just be honest with you something happened last night he said he's like yeah same with me and she's like like blah 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 blah. it was just the way that you is like she kind of trails off and then he says he's like kissed your neck and she's like yes how did you know and then like there's just like little details here and there where they had the same exact beat for beat dream yeah so it's it's real, but it's not because they were both there. They both experienced it, but it wasn't in real life. Now that, that is the sci-fi twist that I think has the nice happy medium. Right. So like people can say, well, they did have dream sex together. And then other people say, that doesn't count. And we debate it for 20 years. Just like with resolutions and Janeway and Chakotay, did they sleep together on the planet or didn't mm-hmm. they? We'll never know. It's fanfic heaven. I think I kind of want to put that one in there. I, li- I like that now. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's definitely in the in the in the episode, in the canon, the whole thing. The whiteboard is loving it. <laughs> so what would you change? What would what would you alter in your version? Because we're not really changing anything fundamental here. Yeah, really. I mean, I have no massive reconstructive ideas at all. Uh like I said earlier, my big problem is just the lack of follow through. So my thought was maybe you cut out some of the earlier stuff, like we jump to where they're already prisoners and we have to figure out what's going on. But then you miss out on that nice little bookend of scenes where Beverly and Jean-Luc are having breakfast to them having nice dinner at the end. And so you kind of have to have that. But that was a thought was just jump to it being a little more of a mystery and following them around as they figure out so that you have more time to do whatever you wanted to do. And my thought with this episode was, was maybe, maybe, 
push them a little further, make it a little more intimate, maybe give them a little more conversation so that we can learn even more. But I had and still don't necessarily have any massive revelatory things that I think, oh, this just absolutely has to go. Um, Despite the generic aliens, I love watching Riker just blow up on them, put them in their place. That's great. It kind of serves its purpose. It's very utilitarian. It's serviceable and does serve a little bit as a vehicle for Beverly and Jean-Luc and what's going on with them, which is, of course, yes, far more interesting. And so all I really wanted to do is buy more time for that and then maybe at the end push it just a little further to see a little more about what happens then. But that's, I honestly, I like what we have. I, I mm-hmm. love, I like dream sex and I like the, a little more integration with A plot and B plot with Picard and Crusher figuring out what's actually going on with the planet so that there's undeniable proof that, yeah, these guys have some things they have to work out first. Okay, so to kind of review, we start out the same way. We cut down on the Enterprise scenes what they're, once they're captured. Yep. Crusher and Picard go about their business. They play this, the, the scenes the same way, except they actually do go to a village. They see what's happening firsthand. They get the history of the planet a little bit more. They figure out about the, the slave labor, the subjugation, and how they're, they've kind of been banished to one corner of the planet. And then they, they continue on. They, they have the dream sex, and then they have to talk about it afterwards. And yep. so we kind of end the same way. And then like we, we have an Enterprise scene where they're back, and Riker and Picard have that conversation about how they cannot go into the Federation. And then we continue with the same bookend where they're having dinner, but I say we change it to be their real first kiss here on the lips. None of this cheek or forehead nonsense. <laughs> Let's start with a uh, cheek or forehead kiss, but we can't end it there. Yeah. Because, you know, like when you're into fandom and you are shipping a couple, that first kiss is everything, right? And of course, Star Trek has teased us in the past where, oh, they kissed on the forehead or they kissed on the cheek. That's all we're going to get for this episode. They're going to lead us on to the next thing. No, bombshell at the doorway. First kiss. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea where like maybe somebody leans in for just a, a, a nice, quiet, just like cheek or forehead kiss. And then yeah. before they leave, the other person's just like, nope, and then pulls them in. Now, here's the question. Who's going to pull who in? I think it has to be... <sighs> I kind of see Beverly doing it. it. I feel like it has to be Beverly. But, but the thing is, though, is like I don't see Picard being the one leaning in for just the quiet kiss at the beginning. Mm. Maybe it's Beverly on both occasions. She kisses him on the cheek but then she starts to get up and she's like no i changed my mind like it it doesn't she doesn't have to say it out loud but that's kind of the feeling that you get yeah okay i kind of like that where there's maybe a little bit of hesitancy but then she decides no i'm gonna go for it and then she's forward with it because maybe she knows john luke is not going to act first despite maybe wanting to i think uh, picard would be the much more reserved one in that situation so yeah she's got the guts to do that that'll work well, I completely agree. And so uh, that's our episode, folks. Uh, it's a short one this week, but hopefully an enjoyable one. If you have any uh, any ideas that you would like to share with us or send to us, you can go to the nerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop-down menu, fill out the form. It'll send us an email. Uh, you can also find us all over social media on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Just go to the nerdparty.com. You can find us all there. You can find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. And before we go, I want to announce a new show that we just debuted on the Nerd Party. 
That's right. How about you tell everybody what it is? Because this is this is a big deal. This is our first video show ever on the network. Yes, it is. So it is all about Babylon 5. Somehow, and I don't know how this happened exactly. It's like <laughs> it's still lost on me. My husband has decided that he wanted to watch Babylon 5 all the way through with me. And guys, he's not a sci-fi fan. So this is a minor miracle, okay? He decided, let's do this. And we thought, well, to commemorate the occasion, let's do something kind of special about it. And what we ended up doing was we developed this vidcast where it's pared down to five minutes of his reaction to the episode. And you kind of get the first timers thoughts. And then meanwhile, I'm the old vet. I've watched Babylon 5 forever. Me kind of asking questions to see what he thinks about it. And we hope it'll be fun. And if you love Babylon 5, check it out. If you are thinking about watching Babylon 5, now's a really good time. Go on Amazon Prime and you can watch it along with Patrick and then join us in the discussion and share as a first timer what you're thinking, what you're feeling. We hope it'll be a lot of fun. Everybody go to thenerdparty.com slash babble45, or you can just go to the main page at thenerdparty.com and click the link, and you'll be able to find it there. And from there, you can subscribe on YouTube, or you can search for us on YouTube by uh, typing in The Nerd Party. There you can find us, and uh, everybody should subscribe because it's a great show, and it's going to continue to be a great show, and it's something that everyone should check out. And like you said, like now is the time. Everybody's talking about Babylon 5 right now, or everybody's it wanting is. to talk about Babylon 5 because yeah. there's a huge resurgence. So Absolutely. next week on Punch It! We don't know what we're going to talk about, but we do know we are going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.